I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech to run onto it. It might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the runner option. Jermaine Asako will score. fans and welcome to the round 23 review episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How you doing Simo? Oh mate, loving the thought of doing this. How about yourself? <laughs> Absolutely pumped, as you know. We are, um, we are, we are like the, you know, the Knights or the Dragons roster at the moment. We're looking at like that barley trip in three weeks. Like, let's just, just get us over the line, mate. Just, just get there. <laughs> Oh man, it's just like David want finals. Just let's end the season where it deserves to be ended. Yeah, I, I, I know. Me and you've talked about: do we want finals? Do we not want finals? Do we want finals? Do we not want finals? And as the season rolls on, it's just like when you, you know you don't know. For example, the 2016 Grand Final before, before it kicked off, I didn't know who I wanted to win. Yeah. And then the moment it kicked off, I was going for the Storm. This oh is like, yeah. It's hit crunch time, and I've decided. Yeah, actually, I don't want to make the finals. Well, it's like. <laughs> Obviously, Seabold's not going to be going anywhere, but even like without that, losing, like missing the finals, change will happen at the club. Yeah. So I just think you're a much better chance of like moving on some other, you know, making changes, exactly. lesser players that you don't need. Like, I think you're a better chance of moving those guys on if you don't make the finals. And like, uh, we, we were chatting about this earlier in the year, and I'm just, I still don't know on Seabold. Like, he makes deci- some decisions that make a lot of sense, and then he makes some others that don't make sense. And so I just, I mean, for me, it's like if, like, going into next year, if he moves on some players he wants, and then you can kind of, I guess, see what he's doing then. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I, the reason I originally, I originally started not caring because people, fans were still upset about six or seven weeks ago, but I've now realised that if we make the finals, people are going to tick a box. It's like, well, it was bad, but it was we we still got there. People yeah. seem to be getting more content. Oh, if we make finals, we're fine. It's like, no, it's. It's a terrible season either way with how they're playing. And and what you're saying about Seabold there is, um, oh, we'll wait and see if he gets X, Y, Z and blah, 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 and he can coach. And this is just, just it's just, you know, part of why I, I don't rate him and there'd be a long way to go to rate him is that outside of his old deal situations, so far he hasn't been able to handle the pressure and, and, and coach effectively. You know, and I know he has had pressure on him, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, outside of the ideal situations, like at South, he ter- came into a team that came from the same coaching tree he did, made a few tweaks and run his system all year. It was easy. He's coming to, you know, he has to make a lot of decisions, manage certain things, manage the media at our club, and he's been struggling the whole year with it. So I know he could be better with it next year, but it's like, to prove you're, you're a good coach long-term, you have to be able to find ways to get results in, in varying situations. And so far, he hasn't done that. And... Even when we have got results, we all know. We all watch this team. When we've got results, it's the same every other week. It's like, oh, Dave Fafita beat nine tackles. <laughs> it's scored a try, okay? I yeah, I mean, good. there's there's a lot of just, you know, stags will beat people or Fafita or Payne Haas or, like, just, in as, as we, everyone says, individual brilliance yeah. is getting us points. And it's not, you, you can't build your game plan on that. 
you can't. So yeah, I'm at that point now, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to make the finals. But the problem we have, Simo, is that no one else wants to make the finals either. (laughs) I mean, I would have wanted to make the finals a lot more. I remember, I think this is going back a few years, but where we'd made the finals like every year for 20 years or whatever. Oh, I wanted to make it then too, yeah. Yeah, because you want to keep the run going. But like, you know, at this point we're like, what, four or five years or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's not a run I really care about saving. Yeah, but one year of it will just draw a line in the sand. Well, it's it. Like we're at this point, we're twenty three points with two rounds to go, but everyone behind us is just fucking it up. Like Tigers are on twenty two, Panthers twenty two, Knights twenty, Bulldogs twenty, and Warriors nineteen. And so this is just ridiculous. Like the Warriors, they're not going to make the finals. But they have like a, I looked at it. They have they have to win both their games by fifty odd <laughs> to do it. But they're still in the running somehow. But yeah, no one else wants to make it. So it feels like. We have to win one game to make it. One of these two will make it. But even if we lose both games, we could still make the finals. It's stupid. I mean, this whole season, what, we are... Are we 11 and 11 wins and losses? Is it? No, we're 10, 1 and 11. So 10, 10 1 and 11. Yeah, it was yeah. 10, 1 and 10. Yeah. And that's what, like, we've always said before is, like, the eighth team is either, like, tied wins and losses or they have an extra loss over their wins. Like... Yeah. A top eight system with 16 teams is literally like rewarding mediocrity in the seventh and eighth places. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, let's move on to some of the news and we'll start doing review, reviewing the game from last week. But uh, the, the news for this club is getting exhausting as well because it's the same kind of stories. But, mate, it's been a new fortnight, and a new fortnight means new Darius Boyd excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always exciting to see what new things he can think up. Yeah, and it's... Or it's his again, wife. Yeah, it's great. Again, it's coming out of them both today. We don't listen to anybody, but also, go away, we do. critics. <laughs> Leave us alone, and Darius is going nowhere. That's after James Hooper reported earlier in the week that the club is going to ask Darius to retire. We again had both the boys yeah, saying, oh, look, we're not going anywhere. We don't listen to you, whatever. Go away, haters. But also, yeah, we're going nowhere, whatever. It's it's a debacle. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about this a bit later when we were in the game, but like, I just find it so hard to get excited about anything in this team when there's the four horsemen of the crap apocalypse are still around. Like, <laughs> That's a podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> But like, You're right. <laughs> but you say that, and everyone knows Boyd, Macca, Gillette, and Glenn. Yeah. It's like not so much Gillette and Glenn because of how they play more the people they're keeping out of those positions. Like TPJ and Fafita are just steps and steps yeah. above them. Like, so, you know, like if they're not at the club, Gillette and Glenn are, are not bad. They're serviceable. Boyd and Macca are just straight up terrible. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just. I just find it so hard to just get excited to watch these games to to want to talk about them. Like, and then you know when you go to work, everyone knows you're a Broncos fan. Everyone's like, "Oh, how was the game on the weekend?" It's like, just shut up, go away. Like, that's it. That's all. Like the thing I've been trying to take out of the last few games now to enjoy them is like, okay, I am a Broncos fan, but I'm actually really a Haas and Fafita fan. <laughs> that's yeah. what I am in these games. So that's what I like when I watched this game on Friday. I watched it with a few. Uh, South fans, and they were certainly into the result, and I was just into like Fafita <laughs> playing well. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, we lost whatever, but Fafita was pretty sick, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, Fafita beat the Rabbitohs, and the Rabbitohs beat the Broncos. That was it. But uh, but yeah, as you said, like I have no idea what's going to happen with the Boyd stuff. You know, anybody with half a brain who's watched rugby league would understand he simply can't play first grade next year. But it does sound like. Well, from his wife talking anyway, he's not going to go quietly. And I'm of the, like, people care about if he retires or not. I actually don't give a shit. I just care. Like, the salary cap's not my money, not out of my pocket. I just care if he plays or not. I don't give a shit if he's still, we're still paying him if he's playing. He just shouldn't be playing in first grade. I don't care if we have 800k not in our cap because he is a negative, negative value when he's on the field. Yeah, I like it's sunken cost fallacy. I don't care. Yeah. We've already paid him. I don't care what happens. The with the money we've paid everybody, the football side will play better with a Saka mm-hmm. one, Milford at six, and then like O'Sullivan and Din at seven. Or you know, if you want Milford at one and the other two halves at six and seven, like whatever way you do it, it doesn't really care. I, you, 
I don't. You could put Payne Haas at one and like yeah. Matt Lodge at six. The the side's going to play better than right now with Boyd in it. Like, That's so you you've already spent that money. The side will be a better football side without Boyd in it, no matter what. That's it, and I know they're not really the the pinnacle football side you want to compare to. But you look at the Tigers right now, and they're not they're not certainly not a great club at the moment. And but. They've just they're, they're happy to sit like three million dollars in reserve grade or whatever it is because they just know they're better without those players. It doesn't matter who you are, reputation or, or paycheck. If you're not if you don't improve the first grade team, you shouldn't be there. And that's it for me. I don't care if they can't get rid of Boyd or not. Obviously, it'd be nice to get that money off the cap so they can figure out some other deals. But like, he just he just can't play first grade next year. No, no world can, should he be able to play first grade next year. Yeah, no, and like I've talked to you about this too, and I just want him to get dropped straight from Q Cup because I think that would be funny. But yeah, that's I just, well, I mean, remember when we were talking to about Maguire and we were like, "No, nah, I don't want Maguire." I tell you what, I'd take him now for this team. <laughs> yeah, same. I didn't want him because I didn't want to be boring, but it turns out we're still kind of boring, but with some good players. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, I do think, um, like with Darius, for me, it'd be like there's two situations. If I was if I was in charge of it now, I'd be like. Okay, here's option one, Darius. You retire, you know, retire in air quotes. We figure something out with the NRL, and you're an ambassador for the next 20 years. You know, you're a mental health ambassador. You get, you're on the club, you know, payroll. You just sit around and do whatever you want for the next 20 years, whatever. That's the offer. If he doesn't take it, then you go, okay. Well, you've chosen column B, and column B is you're getting paid for the next two years, and you're fucking dead to us. <laughs> after that that's it you've got your 1.6 million and that's it we're not seeing you again you're not getting one more paycheck from the club after that last paycheck that, that's my that's my take it my offering it won't happen like that but that's what I'd be doing yeah I mean you just I guess you try to want to scare him a bit into just retiring early that's it that's it if you don't want, that's it option one is like if you don't retire early we're gonna that's, we'll, we'll look after you then mate if you go out now you can have a job in in league forever. Cause, and we all know when players leave league, they don't know what, they, what the hell they're going to do. They always want to try to get back in. It's like, look, Darius, we'll, get, we'll keep you around forever. If he doesn't take that option, yeah, take him out back and shoot him. <laughs> I mean, I'm also just up for doing that now. I have to. And another place, speaking of this refusing to let go, Alex Glenn is... <laughs> 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 Somehow the bloody Titans haven't got money. So they want him, but they can't afford him. <laughs> Somehow. The thing that should have happened forever, but Alex Glenn is still, like, every two weeks begging publicly to be re-signed. And, like, I just, I'm worried we're going to do it. We're just going to be like, yeah, you know what? You're better than us, you know, signing up some reserve grader on 150k or whatever. You can stay on 150 or whatever. And I know some people are like, oh, he's a great leader, great to have around the club, which is a fact. But I'm of the opinion that the club needs to move past him because we've already seen what we what we have with Fafida and Panga in those positions. And in the outside backs, he shouldn't be a starting centre. And it's like, I don't want the threat of him actually being in the 17 next year. No, like, the only time you, I would be happy if he stayed around is, like, 200,000 and he's the 29th person on the roster. Yeah. Like, literally the last drop. Yeah, that's it. And it's just funny, like, I just feel like they're going to resign him at this point because they'll told him you can look around and and we've just we've been great at looking after players. <laughs> like they're probably resigning him. And the weird thing about this, and, and it's weird that Gillette as well. They're both saying we have to keep Dave Feeder. Gillette's saying it as well. And it's like, boys, you you do not what position he plays. <laughs> you do know, you you do realize what you're saying here, fellas. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, look, I know Glenn, you're trying to say you can play centre, but but Gillette, mate. I don't know what you think you're playing next year if you think we'll get Fafita around. Actually, Gillard will probably ask to play 5-8 like Darius did. <laughs> I mean, we've shown we can win a fair few games with a cripple in at 5-8, so, you know. We can. we can indeed, but that's a weird one. And then the last kind of bit of news, that's not really news to me, but I just want to talk about it because fans, I'm getting way too many DMs about this, Simo, and people reading way too many articles. Looking at you, King Wally, too. You, you, you've done this it's just like an hour ago. <laughs> but, like... People stop reading the Dave Fafita rumors. Like, if he's going to go, you're not going to hear about it every day until he goes. It doesn't work like that. It's like you know when Kalen Ponga went to the Knights, you found out the day he was going there. You know when Ben Hunt went to the Dragons, we found out like two days before he was going there. You know, but when Kelly Gustin stayed at the Eels this year, we had three months of speculation. Every year Corey Oates stays at the Broncos, and every year we get months of speculation. The speculation is never real. Like, if the player wants to stay, 
sorry, if he wants to leave, they don't put the speculation out there. They don't go tell everyone they look. I'm gonna go to the, gonna go to the Warriors for a million. If you don't pay me, definitely yeah, go to New Zealand. It's just <laughs> manager manager moves to get more money to stay at the same club. It is, and it's like. And his mum classic killed it today. That I mean, somehow his mum's talking. His mum's like, "Yeah, he doesn't want to go anywhere." <laughs> like, <laughs> killed all the managers' work, but that's it. It's like if he wanted to leave, he'd be out there actually looking to leave. And you know, I'm not saying it's not possible he he could leave. There's you know there is a chance that he gets one of those ridiculous deals that there's that you know you can't say no to. But I'm, I'm like of the I'm of the certainty pretty much that. We haven't lost someone we wanted to really keep for a long time, and Ben Hunt isn't one of those people. We didn't want to pay him that money. The club will figure out for Fida, and he's going nowhere. I'm pretty certain of that. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he's going to stay. Yeah, and he and again, he clearly wants to stay. Like that's the clearest part of it, and that's but that's why I'm sick of the um, already. I'm getting people messaging me every two or three days. I've not read one single article on it because I just know it's not real. It's like linked to seven clubs, and now what one today said ten clubs are after him now. So mate. Next we'll hear, mate, the All Blacks want him. He's not even a Kiwi, but the All Blacks are coming. They're figuring it out. They're changing the laws in New Zealand that that they're going to have him over there. And NFL's also interested. I heard Val Holmes told the New York Jets about him. <laughs> and he's going there as well. Uh, he's the Kevin Durant of rugby league. He is, mate. He's, just, he's going over there. He's, he's going to play quarterback, actually, for the Jets. They're going to invest in him. Ridiculous! Uh, it, it, it grinded me down. It's an exhausting season all round. You know, isn't it? It's exhausting. Oh, mate, I'm yeah, I'm just so done with it, eh? Yeah, yeah mate. And that's anyway. Could, yeah, could you imagine like actually playing for like the Dragons right now? Like we're exhausted talking about the team once a week. Could you imagine? Not even once the, a week, mate. Yeah, exactly. But you're the Dragons. You're you know you can't get the spoon. You can't go to the finals. Half your team's, like, given up on the year, and you've got to, like, turn up the next two weeks. You're just like, what, you know, what am I doing here? Like, guys like Tristan Saylor, when they come and have motivation because they're debuting, but it's like, you know, if I'm if I'm Tarek Sims, how do I give a shit for the next two weeks? Mate, if you're Tarek Sims, you're just trying to avoid injury so you can take out the, like, Bali Beach Volleyball comp. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Anyway, let's move on. We'll do a game review of last week, I guess. I guess we'll have to, we'll do that. But, uh... Last Friday night at Suncorp Stadium, the South Sydney Bennett Hose, 22, to the Brisbane Broncos, 20, 33,000 there. Uh, it was three tries apiece uh, for us, double today for Feeder and a single to Katoni Staggs, three from three for, uh, for Asako conversions and one from one penalty goals. Great to see him kicking, by the way. Uh, and over on the south side, Gagai with one try, Cody Walker with one, Cook with one. And Reynolds kicked a billion of them, three conversions and two penalty goals. And finally, also two sin bins for South, of course, to the two former Broncos in the team. I mean, what was like a fantastic game, but a game I had no confidence of winning from the start the start whistle to the final whistle. Yeah, I mean, I went through ups and downs as far as that goes. I think looking back at it at the end, we I think we played better than them. If you, like, There's a two-minute period where they scored 12 points. Yeah, and I just think like, I mean, it's definitely a, a thing a young younger team can do is like you can see to try. You've just got to make sure you switch straight back on. Um, especially like if you're a bit tired, some of their like that, Damien Cook is quick. Like you've really got to watch them, and you know that, that's what they yeah, two true tries there. That was the difference. Yeah, and as you said, um, Cook has actually generally been pretty quiet against us in the past. But yeah, he certainly got caught the guys napping around the ruck. And he actually caught Payne Haas out once. And I'm not going to blame Payne, because obviously he's like the greatest player of all time. And that time made his first mistake. But uh, he, he caught Payne Haas out on one occasion, really, there. And um, set up a great try for, for South. But this is one of those games at the moment, <clears throat> like I saw Seabold like, you know, attacking South as a, firstly, how they're playing. <laughs> and secondly, attacking their, like, he shouldn't even have bothered responding to Jason Demetriou. Like, you know, whatever you think about Seabold or not, head coaches are on top of the pecking order. Head coaches should not be arguing with opposition of support staff and players, but he was. Yeah. Like, it was like, this is a team south for a bit of a low ebb recently, and there was already the motivation of playing us and for Wayne and playing their former coach Seabold, which they would obviously dislike with the way Damien and Cook and Sam Burgess were talking. But then they threw more fuel on the fire, and we saw in the game, 
how fired up South were. They did some dumb stuff too, obviously, but we just fueled them up the entire week and they came out and all of a sudden looked like the good South team early, early in the season again. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, that spine played the best they probably have all year or close to. Oh, Maybe since like round five or six. Eh? Yeah, yeah, for a fair while. Um, I thought the funny thing about the arguments between like Seabold and Demetrio is like Demetrio is just like dumping on Souths of last year, which is like the team he has to work with now. And Seabold was yeah. dumping on the Broncos of last year, which is the playing group yeah. he has now. Like, it's great. How do you like you dump on the Broncos of last year and then like half an hour later walk into training and be like, righto, guys, <laughs> like you can do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, it's I like, believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to the media. I know, Boyd, you don't, but the rest of yeah. you don't listen to the media. Uh, that was quite funny. It all started from Seabold saying they play the same as when I was there. And then it was like, you know, Damien Cook and Sam Burgess fire back, and they, they said it was um, uh, David Furner's attack, not his anyway, which was good. Uh, like It was great gear from the, from the boys, but then we got Seabold getting involved. I was like, mate, stop punching down. You look like the idiot. Because, again, Wayne Bennett wasn't saying anything. If, if, <laughs> if you want to say something, you don't say anything in the lead-up, you win the game, and then you just dump on everyone in the press conference because what are they going to say about it then? Like, yeah. you've won the game, they can't say anything. That's when you take your shot. Exactly. Wayne says before the game, oh, it's like any other game. It's like having a literal rave party when he wins. <laughs> In the dressing room after, which was, I know we're, you're, we're Broncos fans or whatever, that was absolutely gold. Like, old Wayno, like, looks like a million years old dancing into the dressing room and the boys jump on him was gold. But yeah, that's it. You just shut up like before, then after the game you gronk off all you want if you win, which we didn't. <laughs> Mate, that's how that's how I do my Twitter, so, you know, it works. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't say much when, they can't say much when you win, but, I mean, you could, oh, just with that video with Wayne too, you can just see, like, he's been there for a year, not even that. And you can just see how much, like, everyone likes him. Like, And that's what people have always said about Wayne, is that, like, everyone loves him, everyone p- loves playing under him. You know, and you can just, you can really see that in that video. You can. And it's obviously no shock that when he's back in Sydney, all of a sudden everyone loves him again, as always, as always. But there was some really, com- lots of comments after the game from people who have been in more dressing rooms than you or I. Like, you know, Peter Sterling was calling it one of the greatest things he'd ever seen because, you know, he's seen enough dressing rooms to know that, like, that doesn't happen. The yeah. coach doesn't just, like, get in dancing with the players, especially when it's that coach. <laughs> when, <laughs> like, when it's, like, the coach that never smiles and he's 83 years old. That's it, but James Roberts wanted to buff him after they beat Like, he was jumping <laughs> on him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, it. It was, it was a spe- and, you know, if you're a South fan, that's probably one of the best things you've seen in your club's existence. Because, obviously, you won 2014, but there were some dark days in, in, the, in the, uh, t- you know, the last 40 years. So, it's one of, the, one of your more bright moments in terms of off-the-field stuff. But um, I'm about to talk about James Roberts. Now, obviously, we know how effective the James Roberts revenge game was when he played for us. He was always good against, you know, former teams. Good against Penrith, good against the Titans, and um, also good when he was angry when he played the Trell. And now, unfortunately, we've been added to that list of, like, the four games he cares about. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, he should have been sent off, but... He had a he had a fantastic game outside of that too. The, the thing he did, what he did was ridiculous. I don't like. I guess he wasn't sent off because it happened so early. That's all I can think. They just didn't want to send someone off so soon. Yeah, I mean, for mine, that's probably the biggest dog shot I've seen this year, maybe in, over multiple years. Just the fact that it's like elbow to the head that's on the ground and after the play, like it's just. I think it adds an extra level to it being like when the play's dead. But exactly, yeah. I mean, it was very early in the game, but I've seen Adrian Molly get sent off in an international match about four seconds in. So you exactly. know, um, I <laughs> tell you what, wouldn't the crowd loved it if he did get sent though? Four minutes into the game, but it's one of those things. Like the, some of the excuses I've seen for him not being sent off are so dumb. It's like oh, he hit him with the meaty part of his arm. It's like come on. <laughs> like what? It, so if, if Billy Slater f- goes to fly kick someone in the head, but he lands with his hamstring, it's like look, it was the meaty part of his leg. It's like, no, t- it's like it. It only looks like the meaty part of his arm when you watch it in slow motion. Too, yes. if you watch it at full speed, it looks rough. I was certain, like 
on the first replay, because we all saw it instantly. It was so blatant. I thought he was that was it. I thought he was going to get sent off straight away. But they reviewed the try, and then after it, they slowed it down like a hundred times, and it just looks like he kind of lands on him. It's like no, he elbowed a guy in the head when the ball was dead. I think that's a big thing that's lost too. If it was in the ruck, I get it being a symbion. It was a kind of dumb thing in the ruck, whatever. But it's like it was after someone had scored a try in, in James Roberts' head. He may as well got up and elbow dropped him. Like the play was dead, and he elbowed someone. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, the bit that annoyed me the most was like not not so much like mad at him really, but kind of it's a classic. Not I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But yeah. he was a player I've always really liked. I've always enjoyed watching him play, and even still, when he like when he's gone to Souths, I've enjoyed watching him play. But you just don't want to see that from somebody that you like watching play football. Yeah, that's it. I'm never going to say I respected James Roberts because I think if you respect James Roberts, you're an idiot <laughs> because he's never earned anyone's respect. But I did like him pl- watching him play a lot, as you said. And he, those kind of things, it's like, I'm sort of mad at him, but it's like, come on, man, don't ruin this. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just be the entertainer guy still. You're better than that, mate. But people who are not better than that, Jaden Sewer, absolute <laughs> fucking bum. Still See? a bum. Still a fucking bum. <laughs> yeah, see, he's easy to just straight up hate because he was never good to begin with. So you, you put a shot like that on and you're just like, you're a dickhead, mate. Like, Yeah, he is. And he was shit in this game. Fafita ran all right over him. It was great. And it's like, this is a player that everyone keeps saying, oh, the Broncos lost him. Even when we lost him, let him go this year. It's like, no, he's crap. I'd love to play against him every week. But yeah, stupid dog shot from him as well. And all, all of a sudden, you know, what did he say? Oh, you know, the shoulder charge is part of my my technique or whatever. There it was again, and a bloody dog shot from a guy who was never allowed to legally shoulder charge at any grade anyway. I was going to say, what? How how old is he now? He's be like... 21, and the, sh- the shoulder charge has been banned since, like, for, for a long time now. Like, he has never played seniors when the shoulder charge has been allowed. He's just full of shit when he says that. He would have been, like, 15 when that got banned. Yeah, and shoulder charges weren't, like, they've been banned forever. It just... <laughs> In fact, because they've been banned for, in juniors, haven't they, for even longer? Yeah, well, you couldn't do them at, like, young young ages. So he's probably, that. like, never been able to legally do a shoulder charge. But, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but that's it. But whatever. That's, it's one of those things, one of those classic um, just bullshit claims. Oh, it's my technique. I can't do it. No, you're an idiot. You can't I, do it. I loved on, um, on Fox all the commentators when they first saw it. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's just a clean hit. You know, just playing aggressive, blah, blah, blah. And Andy Raymond just fed it to them. He's like, that is like a terrible dog shot. It was just getting up all of them. And then, yeah. they, oh. then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess it was a bit dirty. But uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. If you watch Channel 9, and I didn't watch it live, but I saw them, I watched the replay of the, with 9's coverage. And Gus, Gus Gould could make an excuse for anything. He's like, what's he supposed to do, he says. Mate, he's supposed not to, it's just a, a shell of the guy in the head. That's what he's supposed to not do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He just excuses any player behaviour ever, anything on the field. I remember when, remember when Corey Parker got kicked in the face and they were still trying to excuse that? It's like, it's like come on. Yeah. Oh, well, but, um, yeah, he is dirt and I've got no regrets whatsoever about losing him. And in this game, he played 56 minutes, got sin-binned. Again, only carted the ball six times. This, you know, apparent amazing ball runner. And he did make he did make t- only t- only made twenty tackles somehow playing in the forwards and missed four of them. Just dirt, Jaden Zua. Yeah, I'm definitely not sad. We've lost him. Um, actually, and I was thinking about this too. Is I thought he was going to be a lot better than he has been. Is Corey Allen? Like he played, he defended Oates fairly well, but the raps he had on him when he was leaving was he was going to be like the next Billy Slater, and he's he just hasn't really kicked on for mine. Yeah, well, there's no surprise that um, Wayne doesn't raid him, right? He's playing because he's got no other troops there. But that's it. Like Wayne's apparently shopping him around, like chopping them around now. But yeah, he um, has a real lack of effort in his game. Hey, that's what I feel like. He doesn't get involved anywhere near enough. And he, ha- he you know, he has that kind of look that Aiden Guerra has sometimes. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't want to be out there. His body language. Yeah. Which is meh. But yeah, Corey Oates, mate. We finally got a game he didn't score against the bunnies in but I'm also not certain that his brain wasn't scrambled <laughs> he played like he was concussed after that first you know 15 minutes yeah it definitely didn't help him even still he went close a fair few times yeah and I mean I think this is we've seen it now anyway the last few weeks his form hasn't been there the last four or five weeks but he's just getting absolutely no ball I mean his, his carries of the ball are well down without that left hand side featuring Milford we're not getting any quality ball out that side at all now 
And yeah, in this game again, it was a couple of those things that's like, Corey Oates sometimes has finished these off, but it was generally those things they threw in the ball and he had like a 30% chance of scoring. You know, yeah. kind of thing. And he didn't. But he did, he did do one good thing again later on when Darius, he passed, he offloaded a Darius Boyd who just couldn't hit the ground somehow. The man who's been a pro at hitting the ground all season couldn't hit the ground in time. I just, I, I don't know how he doesn't score there. Like, for real. I, it's baffling. Right? It's like, it's anything, right? So you could have stepped, you could have even like stepped backwards and gone back forwards, hit the ground fast, anything. Even like try to defend the man you went into. Instead, you just like lent into him and went down with the ball and hoped you'd get the ball down. It was bizarre. It was harder to not score. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we've all been there. But I just... okay, Yeah. Well, there's nothing we can say about him. Our attack is garbage with Darius Boyd. What a shock that when we have Sean O'Sullivan play seven and engage his day for Fafida. And Fafida's been good the last few weeks anyway, but just gives him a couple of short balls running straight. He starts destroying the other other team's halfback's life instead of just throwing it at Fafida and making letting him run sideways. What a shock. But now you're seeing that like, we still have no structure or set plays with Boyd in the, at 5-8. And now we're also starting to see that you know, Milford isn't a miracle killer at fullback because I mean, there's no space created for him. How many times he's like just dancing around on the spot now? He's like, I'll run left, I'll turn go right, I'll just run around and nothing happens. It's like he's just better at first receiver for this current team. Like the left-hand side's died without him. Yeah, like I, I like Sean O'Sullivan and I think so he'll get I. better once he gets some more game time. For me, it's definitely like the way I would want it is like a psycho at one, Milford and O'Sullivan in the halves. I just think... Given some time, I just think that's going to be the best option for at least the near future. Agreed, agreed. And they are working on um, Tessie Newey playing for um, the South Logan Magpies, but he's a centre they're turning into a fullback. He might be what they're thinking for long term, but I still think the Sarko deserves a crack back there. He's now, you know, going through some stuff off the field this year, as people would know, with his father's health, but. The last since he's come back the last few weeks, he looks like that player he was last year, and he's had a few good moments again. And he's the player I'd like to see get first crack at fullback if we were going to, to go another direction next year. Yeah, he, he was pretty good in this game. He was great at fullback when he was playing Q Cup, and I, yeah, I definitely think he deserves a crack. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> One of the pleasing things, and you did mention earlier, Seabold is getting some decisions more right. It took him all season to get Tony Staggs to right centre, but he's been there like. You know, what, about six six weeks or so now, I think, since the Bulldogs game. And he scored, what, two... He scored six tries... No, seven tries in those six games. And being now... Oh, I've done bad math here. Seven tries in six games, I believe, yeah. But being, like, our most a, a, a damaging back in that period, too. Back on his comfortable right side. Looks a completely different player over there, hey? Yeah, I mean, what a shock that somebody that wants to play on the right is playing good on the right. Yeah, on their natural side. But that city's, you know, again... Because our team's all based on individual brilliance. <laughs> if you put them in their individual best role, there's a chance they might they might create something. I think we should... The thought of a decent addition by subtraction, we should think more closely about this. If we get rid of half the team, <laughs> then... Yes. Like, if you get rid of all the spuds, then Stags and Fafida and TPJ and Milford, they're all going to touch the ball more because there's less other people to touch the ball. Let's play with like seven players. Yeah, seven but just players. all uh, um, individual brilliance players. That's it. That's exactly. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but like, let's talk about Fafita too. I mean, everyone knows he had a fantastic game. Might have been the best player in the NRL on the weekend. But he broke 17 tackles, and it's not an NRL record. The NRL record is Preston Campbell broke 20. English broke 18 once. Uh, someone else broke 18 once. But it is obvi- it's an NRL record for forwards. So he's broken the most tackles that a forward's ever broken in one game on, in this game. His first try was like, just ridiculous for a back rower to do that. You know, yeah. To, you just... to on tackle five, oh, Sullivan goes to the line and then just gives it for Fafita who beats like six players. Is, you just left speechless watching that. Yeah, it's like, what do you say? How do, how do you wrap that? Because you, you just, again, it's like when Haas did a thing against Penrith. I went nuts, but it's like, you just, no one else can do this. <laughs> like... It's it's great. And we're very lucky to have him, and it's like he's playing eighty minutes now. He just it's just simply he cannot go back to not playing eighty minutes on the left edge. He will I think, though. I, f- I feel like he won't. I think they might have realised that because again he's carrying this team a little in the last few weeks being there. 
And just because he's so fit like Haas is too, a lot of his damage is done later in games. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's you know it's good for us to do that. But he had that first try he scored, which is great. And then the second one again was like kind of like the try he scored against the Cowboys. We just gave him the ball near the goal line, and he went through five blokes. Okay. <laughs> Beast. Right at the end of the game, actually, after Cook pulled off that great tackle against Oates, Fafita started drifting across field on the next tackle, and I thought he, I thought he was going to win us the game. I really thought he's going to do his goose step and straighten up here and score under the bloody fucking posts. He didn't, but he had me. He had me believing. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to win it for sure in those last few minutes, but not to be. We did not deserve... The reason why we didn't deserve to win, by the way, is because we played against 12 for 20 minutes and we didn't score in those 20 minutes. That's why we didn't deserve to win this game. That's all. We could have stolen it at the end, but we didn't score any points against 12 men. In fact, we conceded points. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's nice. It's, yeah, it's frustrating when that happens, but it is it what is. it is. And you spoke about the four horsemen of the crapocalypse earlier. <laughs> we don't really need to talk about Boyd and Jill, and Macker anymore. Everyone knows. Everyone has the same opinion there. Everyone knows what we think on them. But Matt Gillett's return happens, and yes, he had that nice run to set up Stags' try. That that indeed did happen. But my God. In my opinion, he was absolutely garbage. Yeah, just... Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, like, missed a defensive specialist again. Missed seven tackles on that edge. Allowed three offloads on his defense as well. But it was like the guy who missed Gagai. He turned Club Gagai into Origin Gagai. Missed Gagai on that try. And then, you know... Before that run he'd had, I looked like I literally looked at his stats right before he cooked that run. I was like, he had he had six runs of the ball for like forty odd meters. I'm like, you're kidding me, mate. You know, <laughs> get another leader who come back and makes our team worse. And he did make that run; it was nice. But that one little moment doesn't make up for the rest of it. And yeah, it's just this this team just has to go past Gillett and Glenn and those guys. Like, it's just so much better if you think you mentioned then. You think you know Osaka one, Milford, Sean O'Sullivan, Harves. Back row for feeder with Pangai, and you got you know Turpin at nine with Seagal off the bench. It's like man, I actually could get behind that team, like really behind that team. That's what's just frustrating is you can see, like, it's not even that you're looking at the team and you're like, oh, you were like two players away from signings from like having a great side. Is like you can see the great side here if you just put the pieces in the right places. Yeah, that's it, right? That's the hard thing. As you said, sometimes you have a squad. It's like when the Cowboys didn't have a hooker forever. They were like, man, if we had a hooker, we could do something. And yeah. they spent ever, ever trying to find it. They did get it and they won a comp. But we're looking at this team, it's like, man, if we could just cut like four blokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. If we could just dump four contracts, we would be set. It was set. Like, that's it. Like, you know, next year you'd have, I don't even want to go all the way in the future, but, you know, they've already got guy the Young forwards are all there already, but you'd probably bring on Ethan Bullmore onto the bench or something similar, and the pack's set. We already know the hookers. And then back on, you have Jack Bird back, who's probably going to be shit off an injury again. But Priest is another year under his belt. As I mentioned, Tessie Newey's there. Coates and Farmer have a preseason. You know, there's a lot more options again. You know, you can go without those four blokes, but who knows? Yeah, I just... I think we could... We might end up getting rid of, like, two of them. I don't think... All four. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I can settle for two. I can settle. For, I can settle for Darius and McCulloch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's what we said before. Is like Gillette and Glenn aren't like the worst. It's just they've got better people behind them that we want to see. Whereas the other two are just rubbish. They are. They are. And before we finish up, you mentioned him earlier, but I do want to say Sean O'Sullivan. I know Dearden's guy we're working on earlier, but O'Sullivan to me looks like the halfback this team needs. Yeah, I just, just like, as everyone can see, he looks slow, but just, it just seems to work to think like, and especially like he hasn't even played heaps there, but he's for feet is way more involved, and he, yeah, he has decent kicks a fair bit, and like I just think, yeah, I just I like him there. Yeah, so do I, and it's like, fuck, he made thirty eight tackles this week. I mean, I don't rate people on their tackle count. That's ridiculous. But anyway, um, he he just seems to know what his role is supposed to be as a halfback, you know, when you watch him play. It's like he knows he's supposed to straighten the attack and go to the line. You can see him behind play. If you watch at the game or if you watch next time you watch on TV, you have a look. He's actually barking orders at the team. 
and he knows he's got to be in first receiver and get his hand on the ball, and he knows, you know, kick to the corners and keep the ball low if you have to. Like he not, his body probably can't go all the way with him because he looks like he he can't run. He has he's had he's done his hammies like fifteen times. He's got the tightest hamstrings ever. I get that. He's a bit slow, but man, he just looks like a halfback. Yeah. And that's just it, and and I know Dearden has probably got way more potential, most likely than him. He already had a good signs as well. It's like I, I'm not against the idea of O'Sullivan for maybe a year while Dearden matures and go from there. But I just I just like what I see every time he plays, and and yeah, whilst he's slow, only, the slowness only stands out because he's creating half chances all the time. He's kind of half breaking the line and or half putting someone through a hole. Doesn't slow, doesn't stand out if he's slow if you just get tackled every time you get the ball. If you get me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think there's there's a spot in the side for him for a bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's, he's contracted for next year, took up his option, but um, I don't know what his long-term future is, but I just feel like, yeah, at this point in time, to have someone in the halves who just plays like a halfback, like we haven't had one of those for a while, it just feels nice. Yeah, yep. Okay, I think that's all we... Anything else you want to say about this game, mate? I think that's all we got to say. Um, I thought it was very classy of Sutton to just abuse the refs with, like, four minutes to go when they're up by eight points. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, great move by him. And then just oh whinge about literally everything else and spend four minutes to play the ball. Like, yeah. And that prick had his first good game all year. And, of course, because we probably fired him up. He was great, John Sutton. It was terrible. It, it was very frustrating. Yeah, I still don't like him, but... But, um, oh, yeah, and also, we got so close. We got so close to Mark Nichols doing the dumbest thing ever. He was, oh, God, he almost punched someone <laughs> after the hooter went. Oh. I mean, well, while we're talking about the end of the game, and, like, yeah. it's the obvious offhand gal, he should have stayed down. But, like, how do you, how are you not game aware there? Like, how are you not just aware of the situation? I don't know. And, like, I like Joe O, but he certainly isn't the sharpest tool sometimes. I've had it before... When he's made it like at the end of a game, he's just you know got on with the job, not being game where he's done something on this before. And also, if you remember, he's also dropped a dropped out a, a forced dropout against the Cowboys in the, one of the big games like two years ago. You know, five minutes ago, we're about to have a field goal. He dropped the dropout, if you remember. But like you got elbowed on tackle one already off a slow play of the ball, so it was a tackle he stole the ball, which is fantastic. Stole the ball from Gagai. Roberts drops the elbow on him. He's in pain. You can see him, like, screaming on the ground. And he gets up. It's like, mate, what are you doing? It's, it's over a minute left still. You're on the ground already. The play's already slow. Stay down. And then maybe we get a penalty. Yeah, I mean, like... Idiot. This guy plays rugby league at the top level. Mm. Like, I play touch football B-grade in Rockhampton, and every player in the team has more game awareness of, of like, that. Like... You, you see some people, they'll, like, make a break, and if you've got no subs or something, and the other team doesn't chase, you just stand there in the end goal, and you make them come over before you put the ball down so you can waste an extra 15 seconds because you've got no subs. Like, just, you got to be game aware, like, if you're playing at this level. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. And, and again, he was it actually hurt him. It wasn't like he was milking it. You know sometimes players trying to milk when they think someone's touched on somewhere? Yeah. He was in pain. <laughs> Stay there. <sighs> Yeah, oh, well, that well, is what it is. That's it. Well, we're not a smart football tailor, so you got No, that's like... That, that's something, it. though, that there's no difference in talent, but, like, the storm in that situation, get that penalty, and it goes to golden point. Like, other teams are getting a different result based off no extra talent in their side at all. Like, just being... Yeah, just being aware. 100%. Like, have you watched, have you watched the Roosters... Like, when they played the Raiders the other week, any time they got touched, like, anywhere that was near their head, they were staying down. And in that exact same game, Jack White got his head taken off and got up and played the ball, you know, on the goal line at the end. It's the same thing with Joe O. It's like, mate, just stay the fuck down. Because, it was again, you got elbowed, mate. It wasn't like we're asking you to milk something stupid. <laughs> but, oh, well. Yep. No. It's frustrating. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Do we even, do we want to bother previewing the next game or we'll just do news? We're not really going to preview. Nah, whatever. We'll probably lose. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, Actually, let's, let's go to the news. Yep. Um, so not news. Sorry, questions. Questions. I will just reload these pages. This is a smooth That's operation. Right. It is, mate. Well, we're out of form, mate. We're waiting for the season to end. But yeah, I have no. I have no. Again, I have no idea what we're going to do against the Eels. 
Uh, they, they've got Nathan Brown out, which hurts them. But again, we're at home. Individual buildings will probably carry us. But as I said earlier, I don't care if we lose. I'm okay to miss. Well, balls. I've got but, uh, yeah. what I'm. My perfect situation for is some people would know. Like, so I got a bet, obviously, with a Knights fan who'd finish higher on the ladder, Knights or Broncos. And so he needs all four results the next two weeks to go his way. Um, so I put a multi on the two Broncos losses and the Knights win against not the Titans. Who's the other team they play? Uh, I forget. That Penrith? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Penrith. So I put those three on. Five bucks will cover the carton. So I was like, yeah, it's a win-win really. Like five bucks, get out of this bet if I lose. And so I was like, now the perfect result, though, is the two Broncos losses. The Knights win, so I get my bet. And also the Titans beat the Knights, so I still get my carton. That's what that's what it's we're good. pulling for at the moment. <laughs> it's good. Well, I'm also, I've am i got a carton bet on with a different Knights fan. Same guy. One of the same guys I bet last year. Only one who would bet me again this year. But, yeah, I feel like we are, we'll be getting those cartons. At least, well, we have to cheer for the Broncos to make the finals, but we're going we're gonna to finish above those plebs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think... Looking at all four results in like games individually, I could definitely see like the Knights winning both their games and the Broncos losing both their games. But I just think like one of them will drop my way. So yeah, um, I mean, if the, I have no idea if they have any motivation this week. But that Titans team would beat them. Even this disgraceful Titans team will beat them if they play even half as bad as they played last week. The Knights. Yeah, fingers crossed. Righto, um, on Facebook, there's only a couple here from my new best friend, Cameron. Um, he has a Mai Tai recipe here from that he got in Thailand. Um, I'm not going to read it out, but if people want... It's a bit of a different-looking Mai Tai, but if people want, there's a decent-looking one there. I'm going to try it later. Um, but he also asks, he says, Cooper Cronk is a better halfback than Thurston. Changed my mind. Oh, I mean, I'm not trying to change your mind. I mean, yeah, I fully agree, so... I mean, Kronk is like the, the everything you want from a halfback. Thurston played both positions, halfback and six, but in terms of an actual halfback, yeah, Cooper, mate. I, like, I think, and well, first off, I think a lot of people confuse the words overrated and underrated to just mean good or bad, but in the actual definition of underrated, I think Cooper Kronk is one of the most underrated players. He is, because he's not flashy, mate. Yeah, like, he is always seen as the third or fourth or sixth or tenth wheel in a football side, like yeah. the, some of those origin sides. But I honestly think, like, all those Storm sides, he's number two behind Smith. And I think all the origin sides that Lockyer wasn't in, he was number two behind Smith as well. Yeah. Like, well, it's, Yeah, it's also one of those things is, like, everyone who plays with him, all these other key playmakers, and the Roosters are seeing it right now. At the Storm, you didn't hear as much, but everyone at the Roosters is like, man... This guy's a genius. Yeah. Like, on-field coach. I mean, Sam Verrills at one point said this year, he set up a try at one point, and Kronk still went after there. And, like, instead of just celebrating, he was like, look, mate, good job, but if you see, like, the play prior to that, Luke Keery called for the ball, and, like, the markers were on the ground. But Kronk comes over to me and says, I don't give a shit who calls for the ball. If I call for the ball, Keery calls for the ball. Anyone calls for the ball. If those markers are on the ground, that's your ball. Yeah. You know, if you want the ball, that's your ball. And that kind of stuff is like, yeah, he's still coaching. Even though the team's winning, dominating teams, he's still coaching on the field. And, like, he's just, he's, you know, one of the greatest of our, of our time. Yeah. I, I'm going to miss him when he retires, but I've definitely enjoyed watching his career. It helps that he's played for yeah, Queensland so. and carved up. It does help. And it also helps me stomach this Roosters team being really good. Because before, before he was there, I just couldn't stomach them at all. Because, Mitch Pierce winning anything made me angry. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, like, when they won last year, I was going for them because I wanted Cooper Cronk to, like, you know, stand out from the other players at the Storm. And now, you know, he's won his own premiership elsewhere. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, Cooper Cronk's the first to go back-to-back. Yeah, I could handle that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, righto. Over on the Twitter from Butsy888, he said, drafting defences in the fourth round. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so we were in a uh, fantasy league with Butsy. You know, is there any, any other listeners? Maybe some other listeners in that league. And uh, NFL fantasy, obviously. And somebody decided to draft a defense in the fourth round. And if you haven't played NFL fantasy, it's a dumb, dumb move. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, usually you just go to, like, at least the last third. I think I probably maybe gone a bit early because the Ravens were just sitting there. So I was like, whatever, I'll just take them. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you, they can you can see it. Drafting early-ish, but not that early. Well, I think one thing that also 
I think I like defenses a bit more than a lot of other people because I've had seasons where I had, I think I had the Vikings like two years back when they were really good and like they won me games based on like getting four intercepts in a game and you know, like they just, I've I've had some good experiences with defenses so I don't mind like getting the Ravens if they're there a bit late. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, it's one of those things like last year, I did say this to, to the guys in that group chat, like last year, the, the Bears did finish as a fourth round value. Like that's if they were drafted again and they were drafted on what points they scored, they were a fourth round value. But the defense is so unpredictable, why it's not worth taking it there. And again, there's 32 of them every week, and it depends on who they play. But yeah, you it's okay to go middle to late rounds if you really want to settle on one and do it. There's no right or wrong way. I don't pick one up. I didn't draft one at all in our draft. But yeah, doing it fourth round, you you, you didn't do it well. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, why does James Roberts hate Corey Oates so much? I think he just hates everything to do with us now. <laughs> That's the thing it is. And Oates just happened to be the one who got in the way and copped it first. Yeah, I think he's just a bit of like a hate-filled man. Like he, obviously the Titans didn't like do great with him, like forging his contract, but he like just hated them after that. You know, like I think once he decides he's done, like he's proper done. Yeah, 100%. Um, can the Tigers have Dave Fafita? We'll give you half of Josh Reynolds and Chris McQueen. <laughs> well, apparently, mate, looking to move. <laughs> uh, looking for a $1.6 million contract or something ridiculous. Looking, looking to move. He's available. Uh, Nathan Chip 22 said, Recommendation station is once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, oh, mate, you've already, you can't take mine from me. <laughs> He's taken it from me, but I will get there. <laughs> okay. uh, he said, after sacking Wayne, missing the finals would be the perfect punishment. Not going to lie, I really want us in the eight. He does want us in the eight? Yep. Okay. Well, there is a very, very likely world that we finish eighth and they finish fifth. Oh. We go down there and lose by 40. <laughs> so yeah, that but... is the only, only way we can make the finals and then get what we deserve is if we finish eighth and go down there and get absolutely pounded. Yeah, I know, but imagine if we went down and beat them. Uh, if that happened, uh, I don't know. Like, obviously, I want to win games, but it's like it is, everyone would then be validated like, we got it right. Yeah, <laughs> Everything's but right. I just, I don't know. I'd definitely enjoy the day of that. Yeah. Oh, so would I. Oh, I'd lean into it on the day. I just, uh, you know, calling Wayne finish would surely be fun at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, from King Wally Wine, he said, just want to say FC Bold, Boyd, and everyone, basically. Everyone. Brutal. Uh, from Corey Goats, should we go after Brownie to help clean up Wayne's mess? <laughs> well, if we want to be eight in four years with a similar amount of wins that we have now. If we want to literally like just <laughs> press pause on our franchise. Yeah. Um, I- Mate, if you want to be in the news more, uh, the Broncos be on TV more, <laughs> he's our guy. Imagine, like, he'd, the frequent fly miles he'd get flying up and down to NRL 360. Yeah, oh, bloody hell, wouldn't he? Mate, that's my thing as well. It's not like he's, like, coaching at, like, south and just driving up. He's doing, the like, the six-hour round trip to get on there. <laughs> Begging to go on every week. Oh, man. I don't know how we did this whole podcast and haven't, like, talked trash about him for half an hour yet. But... Well, mate, I did it for, like, an hour last I know, week. I, I loved it so much. Ahead. It was a great <laughs> podcast. Um <laughs> RCG Kennedy, can Parisi play left wing next year if we lose Oates, or is he primarily a centre? I, I don't believe in like the if, just locking plays into one certain spot. They obviously have preferred spots, but some play is good enough. You can play there. Like again, Asako's not a winger, and, and and to be fair, there has been moments this year when you've seen that he does. He's not the world's greatest winger as well. His finishing isn't top, but Parisi could obviously play on the wing if he had to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, GM Walker underscore is David Fafita starting at left edge from week one? Oh, if David Fafita had started at left edge from week one, what would the Broncos' record be? Is giving him twenty minutes a game for a majority of the season the worst coaching decision of the last decade? God, it's not, but it's God, it's terrible. For, <laughs> like the fact that he, at one point he was playing more minutes in Origin as a prop than he was playing at club in his prime position. My lord. I would, nice. I would say maybe playing Gillette at lock is also up there. Um, starting God, sewer week disgusting. one at Storm is like up there. <laughs> There's a few up there. There is. Oh man, we've made he's made some dumb decisions this year, my lord. When you once you, if you put him down, once you put them all on paper, it's like yeah, this is why I haven't got faith. 
Uh, righto, lastly here from Eros Romero 5. Considering the season is almost over, how do you rate Seabold's first year? Do you see him as lasting the five-year deal, or will his wife come out and declare that he will see out his contract? <laughs> um, I don't think he'll last a five-year deal. I just don't. Like, if at some point we turn into a good team, my belief it'll be because it's just the players carrying him. But five years is a long time in the rugby league, and you can't be carried by a playing group for five years. Generally, coaches who are carried by playing groups are guys like Paul Green or Jeff Toovey or similar who drop into a solid playing group and have like this first like two really good years or something. Yeah, I think you also need like to last kind of that long being carried by the playing group sort of stuff. Is like you need a premiership. Like Paul Green yeah, exactly. will be able to coach there for the next ten years if he wants. Like. Yeah, it doesn't even matter that like he's pretty much he's second last on the ladder of the for the last two years combined. He's second last. Doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then you look at the yeah. way like South did it. Like Madge won a premiership, and it's like doesn't matter. You crap now. I see ya, and like he, they just send him off. Like that's the way. It, I mean, obviously, ideally, it should be. But that's good admin. I mean, that getting that team forced Inglis into retirement, <laughs> like three rounds into this year. Yeah. Yeah, right. That was all of them. That's all the questions. Yep. Okay, sweet. We somehow always make it to the hour mark. We're, we're good at yeah, that. Yeah, pretty That's much like always at. bang on. Like, yeah, we're good at that. So, when I see our, our three day fantasy draft is finally. What is it? Three day fantasy draft? Yeah, it's been finished. going three days. No thanks to half of you fools in there delaying my time. <laughs> Look at it, you slady, going on holidays <laughs> like you can have time off. But there's like, well, because slady, I saw yesterday, he saw it. A message in the chat, you know, it pops up who's seen it, and, and it was his pick. And I was like, "Oh, sweet, he'll make a pick." And then he didn't, and it went overnight. And then he like ended up auto picking like um. Then he, got, then he got a refund. Yeah, he shouldn't have got that refund, but he got auto picked. Uh-huh. Who was it? I forget. Lamar Miller. Yeah, yeah, he got that one. And then after we said no more refunds if you auto pick Lamar Miller, Kamish did it. So you know, no well, coward. Yeah. Yeah, look, I am, I am already pro moot and mutiny on the commish. Have we got um? Have we got a recommendation station? I have one. Uh, my recommendation station. Well, actually, my hobby at the moment is mountain biking. So if people want to go buy a mountain bike, that's my recommendation. But it's also a lot of money. So, well, let's talk about that. You so you have started mountain biking. Yeah. Also, I think our last podcast was the eighth. Um, that Cowboys game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I bought a bike that day, but it took a couple of days to get here. And, yeah, I've been doing mountain biking now. I actually, like, feel a fair bit fitter because it's obviously not easy, like, pedalling up mountains. But, yeah, it's pretty good fun. Yeah. Got a couple of my cousin here, one of my mates. We usually go out at least once twice a week at the moment. So, it's, yeah, it's uh, That's good, mate. very exhilarating riding down. Look at you get look at you getting into this shape, mate. Fitness simo. <laughs> yeah, usually fitting these burgers in my mouth is my fitness. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's good, mate. Good to hear you on the mountain bikes. So. Is the, Isn't it? It's an expensive hobby, though. Didn't we go through this? It's like a few thousand dollars to, to jump into right at the top, right? Um, well, to jump in right at the top, like if you get the top, top bike, they're like 12 grand or something. Well, the ones I was looking at, like not looking at, but saw. Um, I got like a full suspension bike, so it's a bit more expensive. It was 3700 but then he gave me a fair bit of a discount on that because it was like last year's model. Yeah. Um, but it was like, if I got this year's model, it was going to be like a three year wait, a three month wait to get one in my size. Cause I need a small frame cause I'm oh, short as Cody Nicarima. Um, but yeah, he had one left in Brisbane in my size. So I was like, yes, please. And yeah, got that. Brilliant. And then, yeah, just been buying some other gear been riding. The most disappointing thing is like it's called the GoPro effect, but you watch like a video trail on like online and it just looks so tame and like nothing. Like you would go right. Some of the ones here around here, Rocky, like there's videos of them online. And when you're riding it, you feel like white knuckle, like you're about to like fly off the mountain and smack into some trees. And then you watch it online and it's like, it just looks like a stroll through like a bush ride. Like yeah. it just looks like nothing. And it's just, you're like, no, trust me guys. This really was scary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um that one you did show me though. The you showed me a video of guys going down like vertically down a ramp, pretty much dropping like. Oh you know, yeah. How high was that? That's ramp? Rid- That's like ridiculous. That one. That would have been like oh, eight or ten stories high or something. I reckon. 
yeah, they go vertically down, drop down this ramp, like, straight down, and then they obviously, it, it curls up and they get launched at the end of it. But even watching it on the GoPro, I was like, murder me, I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that was scary. Yeah, I mean, doing that in real life would just be ridiculous. But, yeah. 100%. I, I, I'm not doing anything like that. Yeah, and my once upon a t- sorry, my recommended station recommended station been ruined, but my recommended station is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, by uh, the recent movie by Quentin Tarantino with uh, Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. I'm not going to give you any you know spoilers about the movie or anything, but don't listen to any of the shit reviews. I didn't look at any reviews before it came out, and then I got told after on some people how great it was. It was some average reviews. If you're a cinema fan, and there's a difference between being a cinema fan and a movie fan, if you're a cinema fan, you will love this movie. It was like the most I've enjoyed a, a movie in the cinemas for you know a number of years. I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a movie so much, to be honest. It's just one of those things that Tarantino's so good at creating to just, uh, just such a detailed world that you know when you watch his movies, you don't think that's Brad Pitt playing a character or that's Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio playing a character. It's like, that is a real person the person that's on that screen it's not an actor playing someone yeah. there's just so, so much depth to it and then there some of the scenes are amazing just just really well put together really well acted I don't want to really say much more but I loved it and I want to go again this weekend it's one of those things I sat there for two and a half hours or whatever and like just enjoyed the most mundane scenes there's a scene one of the scenes early in the movie this is, won't spoil anything but Brad, they just show Brad Pitt goes home to his trailer park and feeds his dog and makes himself mac and cheese and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just the way it's put together. It's like, that's all he does, and it's like five minutes of that, and that's what Tarantino's great at. Well, I had, I went and saw Django when it was out. We were like all down in Melbourne, a bunch of us, and I had no idea what it was about, and everyone was like, oh, let's just go see this. And yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought that was a great movie. But again, like you said, like Leo DiCaprio in that it just nails that role that he plays, and you don't think, yeah, like you said, you, you're not always just thinking about like the actors. But yeah, I thought um, I haven't actually seen too many of his movies, Tarantino. But yeah, no, to me, they're must watches. But yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood. Again, this is not a spoiler, but the ca- main character is called Rick Dalton, who's not real, but he's a movie character, and it's kind of based in the real world. The movie is, but anyway, I saw Tarantino talk after the movie, and there's the reason why his character has so much depth is that you know he started talking about the characters. Anyway, he's, he's he'd actually built like a life story of Rick Dalton the fake filmography and everything. It's like he didn't just build the, the character that was on screen. He built someone's life and then you saw two hours of it on screen. It's like he built the entire world and we only saw two hours of it and that's the difference, uh, the level of detail to what he does. But yeah, Django's a great movie by the way, but it totally it totally jumps the shark when um after they kill that bloke. Uh, who do they kill? After they kill uh, Calvin Candy. The last like, uh, the last like twenty minutes, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> I just, I love that scene when it was all like the KKK members, all like got together and they're like getting angry at like whoever like sewed their hoods up. And it's like, hey, that was my wife that did that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Jo- yeah, Jonah Hill's one of the characters there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, good movie. But yeah, go see What's Upon a Time in Hollywood while it's still in the cinema because it's made to be seen in the cinema. <laughs> Yeah, well, my recommendation station is not watching the Broncos 2019 season, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Okay, I think that's us done. And then um, I don't think we're doing a live one this week. I don't think I can do this week. Maybe we'll do a live one again at the last game. What do you reckon? Um, Yeah, I can't do this week, so we'll see maybe the week after. We'll we'll have a look. Although I might go to the... I don't know, we'll figure it out. I might go to the game because it's in Sydney, but also then I have to go watch them live and then you can't escape it. Whatever. <laughs> we'll figure if it we out. If we did it live, then we can just like sign off at the end of that and just be done for the year. <laughs> That's a very, very tempting thought. So you know how we've got like the Broncos Weekly Awards? Yeah, we'll just like very, give them all to Fafita at the end of that episode and be done. It's a, it's a, it's a very highly esteemed award, obviously, over the last few years. But it's... You know, we have to do the reverse of that this year, don't we, then? You know, it's not an award of esteem if we make the finals, the, the Broncos Weekly Awards. Yeah, I don't think any of them deserve it. They did, like, the Broncos Weekly version of the Darwin Awards this year. The, um, what's that, like, the terrible movie? Is it the Raspies? Is it the terrible movies? Uh, uh, I think so. I'm Googling it now. I know Darwin Awards, obviously, dumb way to die, thing. Yeah, it is the Raspies. Golden Raspberry. Yeah, yeah. We'll give them all that. Okay, that's it. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Righto. laughs> Sweet. See ya. Okay, anyway, see you, everyone.
Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.